Welcome to a God Shift podcast, where we move you from disruption and delay into a greater destiny, expectancy, and possibility. I'm your host, Shana Rattler, and I'm a minister, author, and sought-after speaker. Join myself and other leaders who unapologetically share their story of when their life collided with God's purpose and put them on the path that was designed for them. You will learn how to bounce back from setbacks, disappointments, and uncertainty, and unlock the door to confidence move into your next chapter. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of A God Shift. I am your host, Shana Rattler. Thank you so much for being here today. Before we get started, I have a favor to ask of you. So I would love if wherever it is that you are listening to this podcast, if you would take a screenshot. And with that screenshot, I want you to add it to your social media tag us here at a God shift. And then I just want to hear your biggest aha moment or your biggest takeaway from this episode. I do that not just so that I can have more downloads, because frankly, if that was the only reason I would not be doing this labor of love, but I do it because I want people to understand that whatever it is that they are going through in their lives, that there is hope on the other side of that adversity. And I also want to do everything that I can in order to draw people nearer to Christ. And so I believe that the more times that these episodes are shared, the more likely that we are together able to meet that mission. Well, I'm really excited about my guest today. I'm going to read her bio, and then we're going to get started to what I know is going to be a great conversation. My guest today holds an associate's degree from Seattle Bible College. She has served in women's ministry, alpha ministries, home group ministry, prayer ministry, taught cleansing stream seminars, and served as the alumni director for Seattle Bible College. She herself suffered abuse and found comfort and healing at the feet of Jesus. Ultimately, Jesus led her to people and ministries that helped her heal. Her books and Bible studies encourage, empower, and walk women through the word of God into the victory that can only be found in Jesus Christ. I want to welcome to the show, Carolyn Rice. Hi, it's great to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to have this conversation because anybody that has led ministry in all of those different capacities, I know that you have some nuggets and gems to drop to our audience, Carolyn. So thank you for being here. I want to set the stage a little bit for context for the conversation, because when you share this out far and wide across the world, people are going to go, oh, my gosh, a God shift like that sounds so cool. What the heck is it? So I just want to start by defining my definition of a God shift is the moment a disruption in your life collides with God's purpose, but it ultimately moves you into greater dimensions of possibility. And I believe that God uses these unexpected circumstances, these trials, these disruptions, this adversity, whatever it is that we want to call it, he uses it as a way to get our attention, number one. And then once he has our attention, he can actually invite us into the life that he has planned for us. So I'm curious, Carolyn, can you describe a time that you've actually had to overcome adversity in order to get to where you are today? Absolutely. I feel like the beginning of my life was was adversity. Um, I grew up in great dysfunction. I experienced violence. I witnessed violence as a child. We had alcoholism in our home. Um, We didn't go to church and 
it it was generational patterns of all of this stuff. And also, my mother was seeking something spiritual. So she brought a lot of spiritual things that are not of God into our home. So I grew up with all of these books and, and Ouija boards and just seeking something. So I didn't know God. Uh, and I had experienced all of this violence. And I uh, heard my, oh, God, I'm going to cry. <laughs> Why? I'm just thinking about how great God's mercy is. So yeah. I'm six years old and I hear my mother and my aunt talking. And one of them says, God only knows. And I'm laying in my bed and I'm eavesdropping on them. Wow. <laughs> and I'm like, who is God? Who is God? And I cannot get that off my mind. So I walked out of got on bed and walked into the hallway and I said, who, who is God? And my mom is like, go back to bed. And my aunt points at the ceiling and goes, he's the big guy in the sky. So I go to bed and I'm thinking Jack and the Beanstalk, there's like <laughs> this big giant up in the sky. And is he, wow. <laughs> and then I just couldn't get the, this off of my mind. And our neighbor was a devout Christian, and I, I didn't know it, but I was friends with her girls. And I went to her house, and I just I still couldn't get this Jack and the Beanstalk giant off my mind. So I looked up at her one day, and I said, who's God? And from that moment on, this woman spent so much time with me telling me about Jesus and how he had died for my sins. And I would go to her house. I'd spend the night and her girls would fall asleep. We'd be spread across their living room floor. Her girls would fall asleep, but she'd still be up with me telling me stories about Jesus. And this woman stayed up for hours until I fell asleep, just pouring into me the truth of who Jesus was. And so, um, oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, it's so important at such a young age, you know, and you know, you're not 12, right? And so. When you when we think about it was important back then when we were kids, dare I say it's even more important now because there's so much, not only is there so much more that children these days have to deal with, there's so much more confusion because you said it best, just because it's spiritual does not mean it's holy. And we Correct. live in an age right now where there's all these spiritual practices that are demonic. Mm -hmm. There's all these things that just because they say spiritual, it does not mean that it's of God. As a matter of fact, most of it is from the enemy. And even though you're pursuing these things and participating in these things because you want positivity and nothing but good vibes and energy and all the other words that just vex my spirit these days, you're inviting worse into your life than what it is that you're trying to avoid. And so I'm so grateful for your path. I mean, I'm sure you're going to share more of, you know, as a six-year-old girl that someone was pouring into you the real thing. But I have to ask, Carolyn, before we move on, the Jack and the Beanstalk image that you had of God, did, did that leave you in awe and amazement or fear? Ah, like Jack and the Beanstalk is real? Yeah. <laughs> I only ask that because I know for some people, especially a child, 
if something seems huge and mystical and mysterious, like the curiosity of me as a child, I would have been like you, like, oh my gosh. But then other people would have been like, oh my gosh. Like it would have been <laughs> terrifying to just, to just to imagine this huge being that they couldn't see, that they didn't know what it was going to come down from heaven kind of thing. But <laughs> I just had to know. But anyway, I'm just curious. So you, you grow up in what you have defined as a dysfunctional household. Thank God for neighbors that were willing to pour the truth into you and really help you to lay a solid foundation. And I love the fact that you called them a developed Christian because there are levels, you know, levels to this. And so you go through life, you start off with somewhat of a rocky start. You have someone that pours into you Jesus at a very young age. How did that impact your life? And what did you learn? It impacted me because I always had that truth. Our family moved away uh, from that neighborhood, and we continued on in our darkness and in our dysfunction, but I never forgot what she taught me. And I'm 16 when I was 16 years old, I ended up leaving home and leaving all of this dysfunction. I was trying to run away from it. Mm-hmm. And uh, what I ended up doing is running to another person that was just as dysfunctional. And I ended up having a baby when I was 18 years old and I got married. Um, and I, I just, I wasn't walking with God and it ended up being a horribly dysfunctional, abusive relationship. I was reliving exactly what I had grown up in. And this relationship ended. And here I am. I'm 20 years old. I have a two-year-old daughter. And I find myself as a single mom sitting alone. And I had brought with me the spiritual thing. So I was sitting on my living room floor. I was reading tarot cards one night. And I was reading the tarot cards and I heard this voice and I said, turn on the TV. Mm. And I turned on the TV and there was this woman on the TV and she was talking about tarot cards and Ouija boards and how they would steal your soul. Wow. And, yeah. Time. Yeah. And so I remember just being transfixed by this program. And she was talking about what you just talked about is how these things are letting the demonic into your life mm-hmm. and letting darkness in. And I remember the next morning I got up and I threw those tarot cards in the dumpster and I looked at churches around my area. And so that next Sunday, I took my daughter to church and we never stopped going. And there's been a journey of healing from all of that Uh all of that. That's a that's a very long story. Yeah. Um, but I'll I'll share a few highlights. But the Lord took me on a journey from that moment on of coming out of that dysfunction and breaking off that darkness that had been allowed and I had allowed into my life, breaking off those demonics. And actually it's helped me to work with other people to break off that stuff from their lives because I know firsthand um, the spiritual battles that can happen when the enemy does not want to let go. Yes. You know, I'm curious, Carolyn, I want to unpack something that you, that you talked about before we move on is that 
you had the ability to recognize that the environment that you were in was dysfunctional and not healthy. Yet when you left that environment, you found yourself in yet another environment that was dysfunctional and not healthy. Why do you think it is that it's so easy for us to find ourselves in the same trap, if you will? Because on the outside looking in and to a a carnal mind, one could say, but if you knew what dysfunction and unhealthy looked like because you had experienced it, it should be very easy for you to recognize dysfunction when you see it, right? in order to avoid it. But I know not just from hearing your story, but from talking to thousands of people over the years and, you know, knowing people up close and personal that leave one evil and go to another, even though it might be a lesser evil, that it's so common for this to happen. Why do you think that is? Either you flat out know, or you might just be able to share, you know, why why it was for yourself. I think for me, it was, I knew what was happening at my home was bad. And I thought that this person was going to save me and take me out of this. And dysfunctional patterns, uh, especially abusive men, they'll come on as very charming. And yeah, and they will make promises to you. And then you're hooked into this and past dysfunction, it's still there. The dysfunctional patterns are still in you. And even if you've stepped away and you've made some progress, sometimes you still have some things to deal with and you don't recognize it because you've, for me, I was steeped in it. So some things that were dysfunctional, I still thought were normal. Right. Yeah. So it's a, it sounds like you're saying it's a combination of one, things that are so deeply rooted in, in you are not as easy to let go of, even if you're trying to be intentional about doing so. And oftentimes dysfunction can be hidden. Yes. <laughs> you're saying, you know, in the beginning, dysfunction can be very well hidden and um, you don't necessarily know it's there until you're, until you're already there and more and more involved. So I want to ask you before we go to break, I believe, and you can tell me if you agree or disagree, but I believe that when we have adversity in our lives, when we have dysfunction, when we have disruptions, when we have trials in our lives, that if we respond to them appropriately, that they can actually become a tool to create a better life for us if there's some things that we do or some things that we avoid doing. So in your experience or in your opinion, Carolyn, what are some of the most common barriers that can allow a person to not let disruption be a tool to create a better life? I think it is being stuck in unforgiveness, letting Mm -hmm. yourself grow bitter, getting stuck in that question of, why me? Why is this happening to me? Looking at other people and thinking that they have it all together or things are going well for them. And why isn't it for me? You can get stuck in that. And if you choose not to move forward and stay stuck there, that is a very big barrier to any kind of growth in your life. 
It's a choice. You said you hit the nail on the head when you said it is a choice. You may not have had the choice to decide whether or not you wanted this disruption to come into your life, but you do have a choice in how you respond to it. A guest that I had earlier in the week or last week, I don't know, they kind of all run together, but he was talking about how we respond when things happen in our lives. And he talked about um, our attitude, how important our attitude towards what happened is as it pertains to how we get over it. And so it is a choice. It's a choice whether or not we choose to get the help that we need to heal. It's a choice whether or not we stay stuck. I say it all the time. And if if someone is listening, they're probably, they probably know exactly what I'm going to say. It really bothers me to speak to someone that something happened to them 40 years ago And it still has the same impact on them 40 years later as it did on day 40. And I don't say that to diminish what happened to you, but I do say it to go, it's ridiculous because there are so many tools that are out there. There are so many therapists. There are so many counselors. There are so many spiritual warriors. There's so much medication. There's so many retreats. Like you, I could go on and on and on. There's so much out there that can help you heal so that you can move past it and, and find yourself in a healthy space, despite what it is that you've gone through to still be sitting around at the microphone crying 40 years later about what happened to you. It's just, it, it blows my mind. And again, I don't say that to diminish the impact but it absolutely is a choice of how long you allow it to linger in your life and how long it is that you, 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 you allow it to affect you. Yeah. And Jesus is, he's so willing to heal us, if, but we have to allow him in to do the work in our, in us and in our hearts. Yeah, that's so good. So we're going to take a quick break, Carolyn. And when we come back, we're going to share some more tips and advice of how our listeners can get on the other side of disruption and make sure that it develops them and doesn't destroy them. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by the free guide when God says shift. Inside, you'll discover the four shifts required to reveal God's plan to ditch disruption or delay and get his blessings faster. Head to GodSaysShift.com to access it now. All right, welcome back. So we've been talking about disruption. We've been talking about when dysfunction has been a part of our lives and seems to just take root in us and not want to let go, (laughs) regardless of what it is that we try. But now for the latter part of the conversation, Carolyn, I want us to get into some tips and some strategies because I love stories. Stories are powerful. Um, But I always want to make sure that any platform that I'm in charge of, in charge is not the right word, but you know what I mean, that we're actually giving information that can lead to transformation. And I believe the way that we do that is to make sure that we're giving people tangible, simple things that anybody can do right now. So if there is someone that is listening to this episode and they're like, all of this sounds great. And unfortunately, it sounds very familiar. And they feel like they're struggling to actually be able to overcome the dysfunction and the disruption that they're going through in order to shift their life into a more positive direction 
What's the best tip or advice that you would give them that they could start doing right now? I know it's I know it's very scary, but get into a good community. Get mm. into a good church and get around healthy people. That is what's going to help you see what is not dysfunctional. Wow. Get into the word of God. Sit in prayer at his feet. Ask him to come in and heal you because we can't heal ourselves. Correct. But when we ask him to come in and we follow his leading and guidance that comes through the word and through prayer and through walking in a community of healthy people, we can walk out of that darkness and dysfunction. And there are so many times where the Lord led me to people that helped me to move forward in mighty, mighty ways. Like I could not, I could not have transpired that by myself. Yeah. So how do we identify what is a great community? Because there's churches on every corner, there's support groups all across town, but they're not created equal. And so how do we identify? Because like we said, you know, sometimes you can think you're going into something better and it's not actually going to help you. Now, I don't think that most churches are just dysfunctional or, you know, just bad places, but how can they identify whether or not a community is the right community for them? Are there certain character traits? Like what should we be looking for? It's hard to define love when you have been in dysfunction, but one way to know that you're in a good community is when you've been with someone, do you feel built up or do you feel torn down? Mm. Do you feel like someone's just um, like sometimes some churches can talk about how you're sinning and you're going to hell and just all of this stuff. But other people can be like, Jesus can meet you right where you are mm-hmm. and bring you out of this and help you to be better. And if I had a choice to choose judgment or Jesus can help me do better, I would choose Jesus can help me do better. For sure, because anything that feels negative or anything that feels like it resembles what it is that I'm trying to get away from, I'm probably going to run from that. And then the downside of that is that when when one man does something wrong, we think all men are dogs. When one woman does something wrong, we think all women are horrible. When we have one bad experience in one church, we want to throw out the whole religion. (laughs) We want to discount God and we want to throw out the whole religion and say, no, I'm not into that whole church thing. So I I like that you you can give some, some pointers on how we actually can identify what type of community is actually going to help us to overcome the dysfunction and break these patterns because they are patterns. Just like they say, it takes 21 days to develop a new habit. It takes even longer to get rid of some of the dysfunction that is holding on at the, at the roots. And especially when it's reaped in the demonic, some people have just found themselves in a situation that was unfortunate and it's just going to take some time. But if you have been dealing with 
crystals and sage and Ouija boards and tarot cards and talking to psychics and doing yoga and all of these things that are being packaged as spiritual and positive, you might need to go through a full-blown deliverance. Find you a minister that specializes in deliverance that can break that hold because, you know, just like the word says, this type only comes out through fasting and praying. If you have some deep demonic holes in your life, and I'm not trying to get too scary, so I hope nobody's logging off. But if you have some deep demonic holes in your life, they're not impossible to break, but they're more difficult to break. And it takes somebody who is skilled in breaking that. Just like if I needed my gallbladder removed, I would go to a specialist. If I knew that I had been dealing in things and it's no judgment because I can remember times before I knew what I know now. My friends and I would go talk to the psychic just because we thought it was fun. And we were curious what our husband was going to look like. You know, like we didn't realize the danger in those things. And for people who think, oh, yoga is just stretching. No, it's not. You have to understand the origin of where these things come from. And the very first thing that it tells you is that that the yoga, the yoga poses are actually praying to Hindu gods. And if you think about Hinduism, it is steeped in um, worshiping lowercase gods, you know, and again, that's not the point of this, of, of this, um, podcast episode. If you want to know, know, know more about it, go look on my Instagram, probably May, 2022. And I did a whole teaching (laughs) on all these things that we think are bringing in positivity and your intentions doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that your intention is not to pray to Hindu gods and bring in demonic things. Your intentions are not that strong. (laughs) You know, I liken it to, and I promise we're going to bring this to a close, but I liken it to you smoking crack with the intention of you're not going to get addicted. It doesn't matter how strong your intentions are. Your intentions are not stronger than the chemical reaction in your body. And so, again, I don't want to go too deep down this rabbit hole of these quote unquote spiritual practices that are ruining your life and your future. But again, if you want to go, if you want to know more about that, you can go to my um, Instagram at a Godshift. And I do believe that it was sometime in May of 2022 that I did a very long teacher on teaching on the danger of crystals and sage and yoga and all the things. So go listen to it. But anyway, Carolyn, before we bring this conversation to a close, where can our listeners follow you on social media? They can follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Carolyn Rice Author. Okay. And if people want to take things further with you, what would you like to offer? I have a free download of my book, God Sees Your Tears, 30 Prayers for Comfort and Healing, where I put to words, like some days I just cried on the floor and I couldn't, I didn't have any words. So I put words to those prayers in a book and you can download that for free at my site, carolynsbooks.com carolynsbooks.com. Awesome. Well, I'm going to make sure that the links to all of those things are in the show notes. Carolyn, thank you so much. I know that this episode is going to be a blessing. Everyone share, share, share this far and wide because everyone knows someone that has a dysfunctional past. Everyone knows someone that is still living a dysfunctional life. So please share this. If this is your first time here, I ask that you will go back and listen to previous and future episodes as well. Everyone have a great day. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. I want to thank you for listening to the God Shift podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe and leave a review. And remember to put God first and everything will fall into place.